Hey, welcome back to episode four. Are we on four? Yeah, I we are on four. four. Yeah. Episode four of Restless Roots. I'm Andrew. And I'm Jackson. And this week we have no special guest. At all. Nope. Josh left us and and apparently no one else wanted to come on this week. So next week, we are going to have someone on next week, actually. They were going to be on this week, but they had a thing. Yeah. So apparently there's this thing called the Super Bowl. By the time you listen to this, the Super Bowl will have been over. But just so you know, kind of like what we talked about last week, Jackson and I do not watch sports. I watch the Super Bowl. I watch, I watch it for the ads. I watch people who watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's typically what I do. And I love the food around now. But you know, this year really, it felt like there wasn't much hype about the Super Bowl this year. Did you kind of feel that way? Yeah, but uh, we're, we're in the Northwest and, and our Seahawks were not in it. And I wonder if that had much to do with it. I'm, I bet you, you know what? We're probably feeling what the rest of the nation felt when the Past Seahawks. two years. Yeah, when the Seahawks. <laughs> yeah. So what what are your do you do you have any Super Bowl traditions that you typically adhere to, Jackson? I like to go watch the ads, but other than that, yeah. See, I just wait for YouTube like the next day. Do you wait for them to oh. give like a top ten list. Yeah, I just yeah because like actually just before this we were watching the uh, the ads from last year, mm-hmm. and that we ended up watching that commercial with that nine one one phone call. Man, that was intense. It's a, that's a, that was an intense one. That was scary. You guys should look that up because it was a uh, it's a good. Reminder that domestic violence is a real thing. Let's start off real dark. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so let's so start, to, to start it's this Super Bowl Sunday. That's why we don't have any guests because we we don't watch sports and they do. Yeah, so, because we don't have friends. Yeah. So let's move on to the news, Jackson. There's there's news I wanted to talk about. Have you ever heard of Relevant Magazine? I have. Yes. What have you heard about it? I've read random articles of theirs. Yes. Just I, about the magazine specifically. I don't know. I just discovered Relevant Magazine maybe two years ago. I don't know how long they've been around, but I do appreciate them because they seem a very millennial appropriate um, source of media. Didn't they, have media. Like, didn't they have like Jim Gaffigan on a while back? They I th- did. I thought that was really good because they do. I find him I love. I love their... Um, I guess they're really good at being relevant. They they find ah. pop culture and they talk about it and from a Christian perspective. Ah. It's pretty good. Anyway, if you go to their uh, their homepage or whatever, I, I realize they have some trending, like their top trending articles. articles and stuff. And there's here's something I wanted to share with you. Did you know that there are now um, sermons or, I guess, preachers on Netflix? <laughs> that's, that's, that's funny to me. Right? We're finally, <laughs> we're at a day and age now. Where you can turn on Netflix, you could watch The X-Files, and then a suggested thing for you could be Andy Stanley's crossing over. What is it called? Let me see. I had to pull it up here. I don't remember. But I, I just like the idea of somebody being like, you want to Netflix and chill? And then they come over and <laughs> sermons playing. <laughs> <laughs> Here, babe, I picked that's, this up for you. <laughs> you you want to Netflix and chill, chill and watch some stuff about Jesus. Oh. <laughs> uh, but I, I pulled it up right here. There's um, there there's starting over with Andy Stanley, which I, I do like Andy Stanley's mm-hmm. material. He's a good preacher. Anyway, if you look at season one of him, uh, there are there are four episodes. I wonder if they're if they're labeling on Netflix as a uh, like a season, but. If it's just like a series yeah, that they published that it as a series, because a lot of series are like four or five parts, right? So, how so I wonder that... if maybe it's they're 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 calling it a season on Netflix because that's the terms they use on Netflix. If you look at Andy Stanley, you click over. There's also it's under the. Oh, I just lost. It. I got to search it again. Oh man, 
Here's a genre of faith and spirituality. So I want to click on that. Where does that take us? Other stuff called the Bible. I guess that's on here. The Passion of the Christ is on Netflix. I did not know that. Just the movie. Yeah. yeah. Joseph, the King of Dreams. That's okay. There's a lot of religious or there's the Gospel of John on Netflix. Is that a show? Yeah. Or it's a two. It's a two hour and forty minute movie. I think it's a it's a Jesus movie. I think. I didn't realize there's so many Christian related things on Netflix. Okay, yeah. here's here's a list of their preachers. There's Joyce Meyer. Uh, take it or leave it, guys. I don't care what you feel about her. Uh, there's T.D. Jakes. Okay. Well, I guess Christian is a very broad... Ter- yes, it is a very broad term because... Uh, Who else are we seeing? You go down, there's uh, Meet the Mormons. There it is. There it is. Well, I guess I did. I hit on... I didn't hit Christian. I just hit faith and yeah, spirituality. Yeah, faith and spirituality. So that's... that's but yeah, uh, according to Relevant Magazine now, and we just checked it out. Yeah, there are, there are sermons, sermon serieses that you can watch on Netflix now. So I know there are ladies in our church that love uh, Joyce Meyer. So if people want to watch her, she's on it. It's, it's Winning Life's Battles by Joyce Meyer. Let's see. How many, how many episodes I'm looking, in the first season? I'm looking right now. I'm going to add it to my list. Nope, I'm starting. I don't stop. <laughs> Did it start playing? Yeah. Oh, no, that's going to get into your suggestions it just, now. It, it's probably. Oh, no. I just wanted information. That's going to get your suggested church. views now because that shows up in your history yeah. now. Okay, so according to this, there is she only has a, a star and a quarter. Ooh, out of what? Out of five. Oh. Okay, let's see here. There are there are only four episodes to her as well, but they're all forty five minutes long. So Andy Stanley, I will check him out. If someone wants to watch the Joyce Meyer one and let me know what they think, I would love that. Tweet at me at Andrew QN on Twitter. I would love to hear <laughs> what people have to say about that, especially this. The second episode is Living Like a Superhero. <laughs> Joyce counsels how God's authority over the devil is within all of his children, a superhero-like quality to be used for good and service to others. Hmm. Interesting. Anyway, that's, that's one thing I found in the news. The second thing, and this is what I'm really interested in talking to you this about. This is the big one? This is the big one. The big uh, one. My friend, again, shout out to Trevor Windsor, posted this the other day, and, I, and it reminded me that there's Relevant Magazine. But he posted uh, with the article headline saying, Mark Driscoll, Mark Driscoll is starting a new church. Oh. Starting a new church in Arizona. In Arizona. Yes. I find this huge news because, number one, I'll be honest, I'm a fanboy of Mark Driscoll. I know he came went into controversy. I know right. that there, he did some shady things. I know that... Um, a lot of people have their thoughts and feelings about him. Yeah. They, and you are entitled to feel your feelings and think your thoughts. Right. But I feel, I trust in his repentance. I feel like he has. Um, I follow him and I, I read some of his stuff. And I don't think that's for us to decide about his repentance. Right. I, I, I agree with grace, that. Grace shouldn't be, our grace should not be contingent on that. Mm-hmm. Our forgiveness should, should not be contingent on Yeah. Because it's not for us to decide for him whether he's repentant or not. Yeah. And that's, I don't know, what has happened to him is it feeds into my direct fear that I talked about last week, but we'll go into that. Anyway, I wanted to share this with you. So here is just a snippet from the article. He is starting a new church with his wife uh, down in Phoenix, Arizona. It's called the Trinity Church, named after um, Driscoll's, or his Grace Driscoll's home church. Uh, The article somewhere says here that 
the words Mars Hill seem to be banned from all communication about this new church. <laughs> so I guess they're, <laughs> I guess, I guess Mark is uh, rebranding. Yeah, and a, getting l- away a little from, bit of a rebrand there. A little bit of rebranding there, <laughs> getting away from the old brand of Mars Hill. But it says that the, uh, there are four pastors who are providing a wise counsel, uh, including Larry Osborne, Randall Taylor, Jimmy Evans, and Robert Morris. Uh, it also says that basically he has set up a board of a board of trustees, much like he had set up back in his, or uh, sorry, a board of advisors, much like he had back at Mars Hill. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? I don't know. You, I don't know. But I do know, I do like Larry Osborne stuff, and he seems like a wise guy. I don't know much about the other three, though. I think they will provide wise counsel. But it's here's... going to be quite a project. It is going to be quite a project. And I am, I am quite interested to see what happens from here. Honestly, I said this when, when he first, uh, when the controversy came up and he resigned, I am excited to see what happens in this part of his life uh, with the wisdom I guess he has from from his past experiences and hopefully he's learned. I mean, right before the controversy and his resignation, he he had written a letter about like his aggression, right? How he felt like and how he realized he had been he had been a bully. And he was kind of being a softer, more gentle mark. Right. Yeah. Over so, those last few years. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see what happens here and out. But here I wanted to Jackson, can I share with you some of the comments? Some of the comments? So, like, these are things people posted on that article? Yeah. So oh, there's only no. a total of nine comments. I'm not going to read them all. But um, but it's just interesting. Like, this, the very first one is from this guy named Stephen Drake. I don't know who that is. It's just some guy on, on here. It says, about time. I'm glad he's back and now probably wiser for it. May God bless him. And that's the only comment on here that has a thumbs down. Oh, no. Yeah. This isn't going to be good, is yeah. it? And then it's followed by another comment that says, Fantastic. What good is a body of Christ that preaches grace and forgiveness, but has none for its own? But then that one has a direct reply. <laughs> oh, no. says, Grace and forgiveness cannot be isolated from repentance and reconciliation. You can't decide for him if he's... Re- okay. You can't decide how for can him he, if he's... How do people know if he hasn't repented? How do yeah. people know if he hasn't reconciled with parties that he has offended yeah like like apologies have went out he has made attempts as far as a mass on on a on a larger scale to apologize to people as a whole yeah and then as far as his personal reconciliation with his faith i i i believe it's genuine but whether or not it is genuine is irrelevant to people's forgiveness towards him whether or not he has reconciled with parties that he's offended. I do not know. I am. I imagine that would be a private affair. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think he would. Why would he go out blabbing if he has reconciled with people or not? But I, he seems like the kind of guy that would. At least I'm under the impression he would. But I guess the other thing too is, no matter what, though, because he was a man that um, preached very strongly the morals and and really the the, the rules and just. Strong, he pointed strongly to Christ by strongly pointing to sin, right? Offering, right. yes, there was an, a judgment call, but then he would always point to Jesus because he was so strong in that there are always going to be there are always going to be people who are just incredibly offended by him and will not like him. So how do we know? Is he supposed to reconcile with everybody? Is he supposed to be apologetic for preaching Christ? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. 
different a different style of preacher for different people, man. I mean, I know like our pastor at our home church, he doesn't preach like Mark, but I like how he preaches. I also like how Mark preaches. It's just different styles for different people, right? Might right. not be your cup of tea. That's the great thing about the internet, man. And, you know, <laughs> travel. If you don't like what Mark has to say, if you don't like what we have to say, you know what you can do? You can just turn this off. And go find somebody else to listen to. Right. And you know what? We don't have much of a listenership anyway. We probably have like a dozen people that listen to us. So yeah. who cares? <laughs> <laughs> so maybe someday if we're ever just rich and famous podcasters, people will go back to this and, hey, you guys are Mark Trisco supporters and just crucify us. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be the downfall. Yeah. This this, this podcast, episode four. Episode will four. Be, it would be our downfall. Here's another, here's another comment. It says... Uh, this is from a guy named Jordan. It says, I simply wish that Mark Driscoll's repentance for past actions would extend to not his feelings or to not feeling the need to be in spiritual authority over anyone for a long time. Bullies ought not to have this kind of power. I wish him peace and an ever-growing experience of God, but I'm not excited about the idea of him resuming this role so quickly after abusing and people last time around. So quickly. How long ago was that? How long ago was that? Probably a year. Are we looking at a year, a year and a half? I think it's been longer than a year. Well, okay. Let's, let's get the cat out of the bag. You were associated with Mars, or Mars Hill for a while. You were looking at some worship well, stuff, right? I, I led worship once at one of the campuses. Right, okay. And then I... And some things fell through, right? And so didn't... Well, I, I just had the opportunity to fill in on a worship team once okay, and go okay. up there. So, how long ago did all this happen? I guess I am sitting at a computer. <laughs> if you go to my Vine, if you go to my Vine account, I know there's some Vines on there from the time I was up there, and I haven't really used it since. Okay, according to Mars Hill Church, the Wikipedia page, man, this church has its own Wikipedia page. <laughs> it says, uh, due to controversy in 2014 involving founding Pastor Mark Driscoll, the attendance dropped to eight to 9,000 people per week. That's... What of 2014? Uh, it just says in 2014. On October 31st, 2014, lead pastor Dave Brucus, Bruscus announced plans to dissolve the church, church's 13 remaining campuses into autonomous entities. So, okay. So it's uh, been over. Yeah, it's been over a year. Well, it says, and then it says, merging with the option of continuing merging with other congregations or, or dismantling, effective January 1, 2015. But, Mars, but Mark Driscoll... Yeah. Resigned back in, I think it was August, because he took his break in August, and that's when everything went oh, down, right, and he yeah. came back from his break. That sucked, because he was on sabbatical. He was on sabbatical to, when, it, when it all went down, yeah. when all that stuff came out. So, so that, that was in August. So we're looking like a year and a half? A year and a half. A year and a half ago. So going back to that guy's comment, how long, how long is long enough? I guess it would be my question. How long is long enough? Because he says that he doesn't like Driscoll coming back after a short, and it says, let's see, his exact words were, I simply wish that Mark Driscoll's repentance for past actions would extend to his not feeling the need to be in spiritual authority over anyone for a long time. So he basically is just saying he wishes it would be longer. So he wants longer than a year and a half. A spiritual authority, okay. Yeah, he doesn't want Driscoll to be in spiritual authority. Which, I mean, you kind of are when you are 
That's yeah. you're at the pulpit. Yeah. You know, and the, you're speaking as an authority on spiritual matters. But yeah. here's the thing though. If people go and be part of that church, I don't think he has it. He can't hide what has happened. Right. No, there's no way. And so he's going to have, if that church is going to do well, he's going to work. He's going to have to work hard to earn the trust of the congregation and to even have a following. Right. Right. So we'll see what happens. I, I wish them luck. You know, I, I turned in my resume. Let's see. <laughs> Let's see. We'll see if they need a token authority or an Asian a token, minority. Token minority. Yeah. So I'm just joking, guys. I'm not going anywhere. So anyway, <laughs> I wouldn't want to live in Arizona. It's too sunny. Too hot. Yeah. Listen, it's a beautiful day in the Northwest here, and I'm inside a windowless room. I would rather be in here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that's that's all I had for the news. That's interesting. Um, I think we'll keep an eye on that and see what happens. So Jackson, let's jump into this week's topic. We're, we started that series on the gospel. Remember that last week? Yeah, on that gospel, though. Yeah. So this is just in reference to uh, episode two, where mm-hmm. you made that statement that you had grown up in church, but it had been quite some time between the start of going till it finally clicked for you mm-hmm. until you finally understood what church was about. Because honestly, there are people who come and start attending churches that never get it. They think it's about being good people or they think it's about having some sort of um, spiritual high, I guess, or just being able to pat themselves on the shoulder and say, yeah, I go to church or I'm a Christian. And really that's not what it's about at all. Yeah. It's more about carrying the label. Yeah. Yeah. So last week we talked about misconceptions about church and the gospel. Do you remember any of that? It's been a week. Yeah, we talked a little bit about uh, the, uh, moralistic therapeutic deism. Right. And about what that means. Mm-hmm. Moralism, just as a really quick review, moralism is the idea that it's about moral living. Now listen, there are aspects of Christianity where uh, these things are true. There is some therapeutic deism, and there is moralism, but the issue is that sometimes Christians make too large of a deal about moral moral lives. Some to the point where we judge people. We talked about last week that people should be able to share their lives, share the darkest parts of their lives and not be judged for it because that's they're they're part of a church to get help, man. They're not there to it'd be weird if you went to a hospital and you're like, man, I am struggling with cancer. And then the doctor looked at you, laughed, and says, well, because you don't have perfect health, you need to get out of here. Yeah. That would not make any sense. That would sense. not make sense at all. No, <laughs> no. But that's what we do as a church when we're judgmental, when we, when we are just too close or we harper too much on moralism. Anyway, I guess that's, that's, that's enough on that because if you want to know more about that, you can just go back to last week's. Yeah. <laughs> this week, I wanted to talk about God. About the big, the big G word, the yes. big G man. Big G O D, God. Because the gospel, honestly, I think we're going to talk about the gospel. We need to start off with God. We need to start lay the foundation of just the Lord Himself. So mm-hmm. I have a three prong, but we might just end up on two things because we're kind of strapped for time this week because of the Super Bowl. But <laughs> <laughs> that we're in such a rush. Because we're get in such to. a rush to go see. <laughs> it starts in like ten minutes. Is, is it okay? Who's playing? There's a blue one. And an I just know one. not the Seahawks. There's a blue one and there's an orange one. I don't know. <laughs> I know the color. No, the blue and the orange. Isn't that, aren't Broncos blue and orange? Broncos are the orange one. Who are the blue ones? Was they, it? They have Ra- blue Raider? and orange. 
Ra- Ravens? No, there was something that was like mostly blue. There was like no orange. But this, it was like a light blue and a dark Seahawks? blue. Seahawks? Was it? No, it's that's not orange. Seahawks. That's blue and green. Okay. There's a lot of teams with blue. Yeah. Was it the Ravens? I think it was a bird of some type. You know, we are sitting at computers. We could look it up, but we're, we're not going to. <laughs> we we're have smartphones in our to. pockets. Anyway, this week we're talking about God in our, in our gospel breakdown series, I guess. So let's talk about the existence of God. So, Jackson, do you ever find yourself debating the existence of God with other people, maybe, maybe among your friends? Not debating, um, because a lot of times the people that I tend to hang out with, those that are not believers, a lot of people I hang out with are just believers, so we don't have to discuss that that much. But those that aren't tend to be under the attitude of, well, you've got your thing and I've got mine, and so we can all be adults mm-hmm. and, and just move on from there. Quite honestly, that's where I'm at as well, too. I guess being a Christian for the last all 21 years, uh, I've my circle really primarily revolves around other Christians. But I do find yeah. myself, um, when I do talk to, to Christians, or I guess when I talk to non-Christians and we have to talk about whether or not God exists, it does usually end up with, hey, you know, you believe what you believe and I believe what I believe. But... For those who are ever seeking, I know there are people who are pretty militant about, like, you know, prove to me, prove to me God exists or not. And quite honestly, if you really, I I guess if you want a a good logical layout really as to evidence of God. Now, I can't like pull out, pull a drawer open and be like, oh, look, there's God. Yeah, there he is. Found him. There there he is. Open this door. There (laughs) he is. There he is. But honestly, I I would really point towards C.S. Lewis. I love what he has to say about um, this morality as a sign that there is at least the first chapter would at least argue that there's something beyond ourselves with a simple fact that we all appeal to a standard. Right. And that, and that goes beyond herd mentality. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've, I've taught it, I've discussed it with people all the time and I've, there is something much larger than ourselves that it points to something. Now he would go on to say that, uh, what if that something happens to be the God of the Bible? And right. then he'll, he'll make that, that He journey. talks about the law of human nature. Right. Yeah, and so that's a good read. But here's the thing. I was just reading that the other day. Yeah. From, from the Barna Institute, we know that, at least in America, two-thirds of Americans believe in a God of some sort. Most people believe in a God. A-D-A-D. And you know what? Most atheists that I run into... They're not really atheists because they genuinely, like, that's just they don't believe in God. They're usually atheists because something traumatic has happened in their past and because some Christian or some religious person has been a butthole. Yeah. Honestly, and has just ruined it for other people. And that's, honestly, that's the sad truth. Christians oftentimes, because, like what we talked about with the misconceptions, because they hit way too hard on the moral aspect of living, we, we are the ones that turn people into atheists or agnostics. We are the ones that turn people away from the faith because we're a bunch of idiots. I had a stronger word I was going to use, <laughs> but I'm happy I reared it back. <laughs> More editing. Right? But I'm not here today to debate whether or not God exists. We're going to do what the Bible does. We're going to start with prolegomena. All right? That's a theological term. That's a really, that's a really big word. It's, it there. is, I guess... For my, for my uneducated mind. Prolegomena is just Latin for preliminary remarks or presuppositions is what we're talking about. Because a lot of times the truth is, is that when people talk, we all have our own presuppositions. And most people don't know what their presuppositions are. They just operate from them. 
but to be a man of faith, um, we just got to label it like we, we, we start, I don't want to say with the assumption, because I think there is evidence to point that, that, that we can look at and be, okay, this, this is why our belief makes sense. Um, but we do start with the presupposition that God exists. As a matter of fact, like if you look at Genesis 1-1, it says, in the beginning, God. Right. right? It just assumes the existence of God. He has always been there. Before creation, before time began, God just exists. So at the beginning of creation, God was already there. And I remember, <laughs> I remember as a kid, I thought that was nuts. That just, that blew my mind. I remember as a kid, I wanted to ask, where did God come from? Yeah. Right? So if God created the creation, where did God come from? And here's, here's eight-year-old Andrew, I guess. I thought I found the loophole of Christianity. I'm like, oh my gosh. There it is. There it is. There's I'm the loophole. I'm the first one to discover this ever. I'm the first person to ever wonder who created God. And, and honestly, I had this genuine fear that if I asked that question, I would unravel all of Christianity. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't ask it for the longest Just, time. You would ask him to be like, everyone would be like, no, 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 no. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, and then I came to realize that like, after reading some books, that, like people have been asking that for, you know, since if, the dawn of time. <laughs> if you're asking a question that's been asked before. Yeah. Sorry. That's, that's <laughs> actually one of the great things about living in our day and age. If you're asking a question about faith. It's it, already been asked. It's, it's not It's unique. been asked and probably Someone answered. Someone has already addressed it at some point. And the answer is probably in the Bible. You just haven't found it yet. Right. You just got to know who to ask. So just take some time. Thank your second, third, and fourth grade teachers for the, the ability to read. And exercise that ability. Exercise that ability. Exercise that ability. Read a book. Or just read the book. (laughs) So going back to the idea, though, I I guess I just, because there there are people who are wondering this. Here's something to consider about um, the creation of God. If God created time and space, that means... He exists outside. Right. He exists outside of time and space. He is something beyond time. He is eternal. Mm-hmm. If he's not, if he created all that is physical, then, you know, I guess at best the, the contrast to that would be spiritual. He's something that is not physical. physical. And that honestly, that is something that people just have a hard time wrapping their minds around because you should have a hard time. Yeah. <laughs> wrapping if everything your mind. you've ever experienced exists inside of time and it, it has a certain time where it's in a certain space and that's all you've ever known and experienced it should be difficult to grasp a concept. Yeah, so if we're exactly. talking about a concept that's outside of our comprehension, outside of our own experience or our grasp, it's hard to relate to that. It's right. kind of like uh, you were telling me about a book a while ago about a two-dimensional... Yeah, it's it's a piece of literature called uh, Flatland. Okay. And um, whether or not it's a, a faith-based piece of literature, I'm not sure, but uh, it talks about a, a, a society of people that exist inside of two dimensions. Mm-hmm. And then it talks a lot about like social class and all this stuff and racism and other things. But one of the things it does cover as well is the concept of something from a three-dimensional plane of existence interacting with it. And, and how they were not able to comprehend what this thing was. Because all they were able to see of it was the line. Right. Because they see things in just straight lines. Right, because they exist in a two-dimensional space. Yeah. So they're viewing things in actually one dimension, yeah. in a line. Mm-hmm. And so then there's also another part where something comes out of the second dimension and then falls back in. Into the third dimension and back into yeah, the second dimension. Yeah, he comes up, flies, and they land somewhere else, and then he's trying to describe to his friends up, and they don't get it. They don't get the concept of up. 
and it's it's really interesting. It's called the book's called I think it's it's called Flatland. If we're talking about God who creates time and space, we ask the question who creates God because we exist within creation, right? right. So we we are just accustomed to seeing things that have a beginning, that have an end, that have a physical presence. And so when we talk about something that doesn't have that, we can't comprehend it. But here's the thing. We, as scientists, have kind of a grasp on that now. Because if you watch the movie Interstellar, that whole movie was about the fourth dimension. Yeah, four four and five dimensional beings. Beings who exist outside of time and space and who can move through that. So that's not a far-fetched like theory or concept that we can, we cannot mm-hmm. um, have some inkling of comprehension to. We are we can acknowledge it now as a society and a culture. So if you're sitting there thinking, "Man, I, it's hard. Like there can't be something outside of time and space." Christopher Nolan has yeah. something to tell you. He he he's smarter than we are. Yeah. So real quick, I looked it up. Uh, Flatland: A Romance of Many Dimensions. It's written by Edwin Abbott, and it's in. 1884 <laughs> satirical oh. novella. So anyway, yeah, I think that's that's a great example of like you know when we talk about in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and you can't wrap your head around that. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's, that's that's okay. The existence of God and his, and his the origin of his being, I guess, are things that we we just start with, man. We we do not argue that because the Bible just assumes that. And here's the thing: why do we go to the Bible? Well, that, that brings us to our next. Um, section about God. Uh, I have written here speculation versus revelation of the character of God. Mm-hmm. You see, one of the things that differentiates um, Christianity from many other religions is that Christianity is a religion of revelation. God reveals himself as opposed to one of speculation. And what I mean by speculation is, for example, like um, the old ancient Greek and Greek gods, where they they believe in the concept of deities, but they didn't know how to commune with them. They would just observe the nature around them. When they saw lightning storms or when they saw volcanoes, they just said, well, God, the gods must be upset. And yeah. they speculated. That seems angry. Yeah. They speculated based on their observations where God says, well, I know you guys have been speculating. Let me tell you who I really am. Yeah. Theology teaches that there is, Christian theology teaches that there is both special revelation and general revelation. General revelation, kind of like in Romans 1, 19 through 20, it talks about how we can know that there is a God just by the creation around us, that this came into being because something is out there. That points us to a desire, says we want to know that being. Special revelation through Jesus or the word of God is God himself revealing who he is to specifically. us. Specifically, yeah. And and that's that's I mean, there's a lot more to that. I am grotesquely yeah. oversimplifying that. But I'm I'm saying all this because God is who he is. He is the great I am. There's a lot of people that when they come to church, they it's this there's this attitude that they can learn about God and they don't like a certain aspect of God. They're like, well, my God is not like that. That's not how it works. Yeah. You don't, you don't get to decide that. You don't. He, he exists outside of you. Right. So God is who he is. That'd be like, Jackson, you're, you're, you are a real person sitting across the table from me. <laughs> right? Just oh, instant you, existential crisis. Yeah. <laughs> and if there is something about you that I don't like, I can't just ignore, I can't just pretend like it's not there. It doesn't, I, I could, I guess I could, but you still are who you are. 
right? That's right. the same thing the, with your, God. Your, your opinions about me don't change what I actually am. Right. And so regardless of who, who we think God to be, he is who he is. And so the object or the, the task before the Christian is to come to know the creator of the universe. And the cool thing is that he has provided a way into which we can come to know him, and that is through his revealed word, the Bible. That's why Christians love the Bible, or at least they should love the Bible. Right. Well, and just the idea of when something, like I was saying a second ago, when something seems magical and something seems mystical, it should grab you. It, mm-hmm. should, it should attract you and should bring you in and make you want to know more. Right. You should be pursuing that. You're right. And with, with the idea of revelation, we don't have to speculate who God is. He has revealed to us through his word and through Jesus enough for us to, to come to terms with him. To know, I don't think we can ever fully comprehend who God is, but we can know enough to fall in love with him, to know him as a creator, to know him as a good God, to know him as a good father. I went on a mission trip years ago and a lady told me that she could not look at God as the father because her earthly father was just a butthole. And she said she couldn't look at God like that because then I don't want God to be a butthole. But here's the thing. You don't attribute your dad's failings to God. You should just take his failings and hold it up against who God is on his own and realize that your dad was just a terrible dad. Mm-hmm. God is who he is. Right. And we can't, we can't change that. It's just who he is. And so as Christians, when you come to a point where you are challenged, when you learn that God maybe is reigning in a behavior or is, that, is calling a behavior that you have been performing for quite some time as sin and says that it's wrong, we'll talk about sin next week. But if he says something is not good and wants to show you a better way, you can't be like, well, my God wouldn't say that. My God wouldn't send people to hell or my God, whatever. God is who he is. And if there's a discrepancy, you should take the time to do exactly what we said earlier. Read up on it. Yeah. Understand it. Engage it. Get smart. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Go. go. Yeah. But instead, what we do is we, we create a generation of um, pissed off people who just give the finger to the Lord and the body yeah. of Christ and walk away. Decide, I know, I know better. Yeah, which honestly is a really lame excuse to walk away. Yeah, just because you didn't want to actually... Take the time. Take the time. Or because deep down in your heart, you just don't want to change your ways. Anyway, that's, that's all the time we have for this week. We're talk, just talking about really just God. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about really God's ways and sin, or we'll, we'll, we'll unravel that just maybe a little bit more. Um, in no way was I able to address things that I wanted to in the depth that I wanted to. So... Please feel free to write in and ask questions. I would love to take yeah. some time to, to, to answer whatever questions mm-hmm. people may have. Or just go read the Bible. It I tends guess, to talk yeah. about that too. That'd be good too. <laughs> if people have questions about the Bible, I would love to address those in general. Because because uh, as we end, we're, we're going to move on to our letter seg- segment. But there is no letter segment. There's no letters at because all. Because there are no letters. This no week. one wrote us. We don't have friends. Everyone was completely okay or had no opinion of last week's episode. Right. So are we failures if we have no letters? I don't know. Okay. Well, we'll just keep doing what we're doing. <laughs> so, all right, guys. That's all the, the time we have for this week. Jackson, where can people find us if they want to get a hold of us? Well, I'm on Twitter, at Jackson Gillahan. Yep. 
And, and also on Instagram at Jackson Gillahan. Yes. We've never plugged Instagram before, but yeah. yes, we are on Instagram because of our Twitter handles. Yeah. Or by our Twitter handles. Yeah. So I'm I'm Andrew Q N on Twitter. Uh, you can email us at restless underscore roots twenty fourteen at gmail dot com. And we have a Facebook. We have a Facebook. Yeah, just Facebook.com backslash restless roots. All one word. All one word. All right. So tune in next week uh, after you listen to this. We will be talking about sin. All right. And ponies. And ponies. And maybe about sports that we don't know anything about. Yes. We'll, <laughs> we'll give you our take on the Super Bowl. There we go. That's what we do. All right, just a quick uh, plug. At the end of this week, there's going to be a podcast started by our, our home church, Valley Christian Fellowship. Uh, there's a series called Own It. Honestly, if you get a chance and five hours, I would take the time to listen to all five messages. That was an incredible series that we, that we went through. All right, that's all the time we have this week. Um, you guys have a good day. Bye. Bye.